on today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I tell people this all the time that write me on Instagram. Um, sometimes they'll ask for advice and I'll say, oh, go ask your doctor for X, Y, and Z tests or whatever. And they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, my doctor said I didn't need that. I'm like, fire them, fire them. You can fire your doctor. Like you don't have to just stick with them. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. I am the creator behind Real Foodology, which is, of course, this podcast. It started out as a blog 10 years ago and is also an Instagram. If you're listening and you don't follow me on Instagram, head over to Instagram and follow me at Real Foodology. I started Real Foodology when I was when I went back to school to get my master's in nutrition because I really just needed an outlet to share all the things that I was learning. And I have made it my my life's purpose to educate people on what we're doing with our modern diet and our modern landscape, if you will, environment and what we're doing with our agriculture practices that are affecting our health. And so I really just hope to shed light on all the things that we are doing and provide you with real solutions that can better your health, better your family's health, your loved ones, because ultimately, you know, we're, I at least hope that most of us are trying to be on this earth for as long as possible. And it's more than just living a long time. It's also feeling good in our bodies so that we don't have to suffer while, we, while we're here on this earth. And part of avoiding that suffering is taking care of our health and putting our health in our own hands. Because ultimately, you are the only one. No one is coming to save you you are the one that can implement the changes that you need in order to feel better and to really take care of your health. Today's episode was a really fun one for me to do. This is actually one of my good girlfriends in LA. Her name is Holly Owens. And if you are unaware of her, her name is Wealthy Belly on Instagram. I'll leave that in the show notes so you guys can find her. She's such a fun, great follow. Uh, we met a couple years ago on a trip to Mexico we have a lot of mutual friends and we just became friends over the years. She really struggled with Lyme the past couple of years and uh, it took her four years just to even get to the diagnosis. And the protocols that she went through, which I'm so excited for you guys to hear about, I'm not going to give anything away, but I'm assuming that a lot of you have probably not heard of one of the things that really uh, helped her and helped her ultimately rid her body of any, any trace of Lyme. We were actually talking about this after we finished recording. I unfortunately forgot to ask her this while we were speaking, but I I asked her afterwards, do you have any Lyme left? Do you really have any symptoms? And she said that she needs to get another test done. She got a basic test done and it showed negative, but she needs to get a more comprehensive one to really get an understanding if she's fully rid her body of Lyme. And if you guys are unaware of of too much around Lyme disease, this is pretty unheard of. She has another girlfriend who completely rid her body of Lyme, and we're going to talk about how they did it. But in normal conventional diagnoses and in just the conventional medical system, this is like pretty much unheard of. So it's really, really cool. And just to hear her journey and everything that she suffered through and then to come out on the other side and really not have any symptoms left and have no trace of it in her body is really, really cool. So yeah, we go into Lyme. Uh, we give you resources on places to go, um, websites to go to, what kind of doctor to look for if you are suffering from Lyme or if you think you might be. Lyme is a really tricky one. It's hard to 
to pinpoint. And usually what happens is people end up with the wrong diagnosis with Lyme, which is actually what happened to Holly, because there's such an extensive range of different symptoms that you can have with Lyme disease that it's really hard to pinpoint. And then on top of that, it causes a cascade of so many other things going on in the body that people often get misdiagnosed. And sometimes it goes it goes on misdiagnosed for years. So Lyme is a really tricky one. I highly urge you to listen to this, even if you think you might not have Lyme, because there's a lot of people that are silently suffering that have no idea. And it's really good if you are dealing with a lot of, of health issues. This is a really big one to, to get tested for and just make sure that you don't have it. Get that out of the way. Another one, too, we briefly mentioned this, so it's not really a topic of the conversation, but if you're listening and you are suffering and you're really searching for answers, another one to look for is Epstein-Barr virus. A lot of conventional doctors don't even think to test for this, so if you're really suffering and looking for answers and you really don't know where to look, I would definitely get tested for Lyme and EBV. Um, which is Epstein-Barr virus, or also it's um, like a form of mono, essentially. So yeah, let's get into the episode. I really hope that you guys enjoy it. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and review. It helps me so much. It helps this show. It helps us get into more ears, which is ultimately what I want to do, because I just hope that I can provide resources and help people to get better and feel good in their bodies, because that's that's ultimately my goal with this podcast. So I appreciate any and all of your support. Please write me on Instagram. Let me know how you're enjoying it. Of course, posting about it on Instagram is always so, so appreciative, appreciated. I just love seeing your, your messages and your, your stories. So thanks so much, guys. I hope you enjoy the episode. Nootropics or nootropics, I've actually heard them referred both ways, are really getting a lot of attention right now. A lot of studies coming out, a lot of people are talking about them and using them themselves, and for good reason. I think a lot of people are realizing that they either don't want to be dependent on pharmaceutical drugs or they are looking for more natural alternatives, things that can help them, but without all the side effects. And I think this is why neurotropics are so fascinating. If you're listening and you don't know what they are, they they can be drugs or supplements or other substances that claim to improve cognitive function, particularly executive functions like memory, creativity, or motivation. So a lot of people turn to them to help with focusing, whether you're in school or to help you focus on projects at work. And there's a lot of science to back them up. Some of them are very natural substances that have been used for centuries. And one of those is actually uh, lion's mane mushroom, which is in Magic Mind. So Magic Mind is one of my new favorite finds. I have really struggled with focusing over the years. Um, I tried different drugs when I was in high school and college, um, meaning like Adderall and stuff like that. And I don't like putting things like that in my body. I like to stay as healthy as possible. And I really like to get things that have very minimal side effects, but really work. And Magic Mind is one of those. It's a little shot. It has matcha in it and it has lion's mane, like I said. It also has things like echinacea, rhodiola. It has cordyceps, something called choline. And uh, it also has ashwagandha and just a little bit of honey to sweeten it to make it taste good. 
And this stuff really works. So I have gotten in the habit of now taking a shot before every single podcast that I record. I do it a little bit before while I prep for my podcast and it really gets me in the zone and helps me with my cognitive function. And I really, really do see a difference. So I highly recommend they gave me a code. Real Foodology saves you 20% at magicmind.co. Real Foodology saves you 20% at magicmind.co. Holly, thanks for coming on today. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I wanted to have you come on today because I want my listeners to hear your story with Lyme disease and really what you did to help kind of, I don't know if you would say you've overcome it, but I know that your symptoms are pretty um, pretty much non-existent. So if you want to kind of start telling your story... Like, yeah. how did you find out you had it? Yeah, so I had, I mean, I was totally fine before all of this happened. And so I remember, like, literally the day when my health just took a nosedive. Um, and I thought it was so strange because I never had gut issues or food intolerances or anything like that. Um, so it was a pretty drastic change for me when all this happened. Um, yeah. I had just moved to New York. It was probably almost, it was, I think it was about six years ago. Moved to New York. I have photo shoot. I model, so I have photo shoots up in Connecticut and the Hamptons. You know, I'm in tick country, basically. <laughs> Wooded areas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had no knowledge or education or awareness around Lyme disease, ticks, what to do. It just wasn't there. I think there's so much more now, but I think we're still needing more education around it, just as like basic knowledge of what to do. Um, yeah. And so I remember one shoot, they were like, oh yeah, there's a ton of ticks outside. Like, <laughs> watch out. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like didn't even, now I would have been like, I'm not going out there. Sorry. Like I'm, I refuse. Um, so it, it didn't click until four years after all my symptoms that I did have a rash on my back that looked Damn. like the bullseye rash. And just to make it clear, the bullseye rash does not always happen. That's about 20% of the time after Mm. someone gets bit by a tick. So don't wait for the bullseye rash to show up and think you're in the clear if it doesn't, because that does not mean you did not get infected with any sort of tick-borne infections or illnesses. So um, I thought it was like ringworm or something from the gym. I was going to the gym a lot, and my primary care doctor just was like, oh, you're fine here's a cream to put on your back, whatever. I was like, okay, whatever, thanks. (laughs) Went went on my way. Um, And about a month after that, um, that's when all my symptoms started. So Mm -hmm. it just literally 30 days later, um, I had brain fog, fatigue, some neck pain, neck stiffness, um, a lot of gut issues, food intolerances. It just came out of nowhere. I was in so much pain all the time. Um, and the only place I knew kind of where to go was just through nutrition and my diet. So I just really got passionate about cooking at home and trying to figure out like which foods I could have. Um, and then I finally met with a functional medicine doctor about six months after my symptoms had started. He diagnosed me with leaky gut and IBS and some vitamin deficiencies, but it just didn't sit right with me. It felt like there was something more going on. So I treated the leaky gut. Um, he put me on a supplement protocol and all that. So 
I did that. It, it helped a little, but I just knew in my gut, like something's not right. This isn't like we didn't hit it on the head. So yeah. he sent me to some of his doctors, like a um, gastroenterologist. I went to like three different gastroenterologists because most of my symptoms were gut symptoms. So the food and interesting food yeah. intolerances, bloating, um, painful, painful bloating, a lot of like burping too. It just was a lot going on in there. It didn't matter what I ate. I could eat a piece of lettuce and be in pain. Um, <laughs> and so they all just chalked it up to be IBS and just wanted to give me some, like, I don't know, like an antibiotic or something just to take. I was like, does that even do anything for this? I don't know. <laughs> so then the other one sent me to get an endoscopy to make sure it wasn't celiac disease. So I went and got an endoscopy and he said it was fine in there. It looked beautiful. Like I, he doesn't understand why I have any symptoms. Um, and then I just was like, I, this is enough. I've had too many doctor's appointments and tests. So I'm spending a lot of money. So I was chatting with my acupuncturist and she recommended I go see this new doctor who at the time I didn't even realize this is what I needed, but she's Lyme literate. So that means she's a doctor that's very educated in Lyme disease and knows how to treat it properly. So I went to meet her and the week before my appointment with her, I had started to see on Instagram more people talk about Lyme disease and get diagnosed. And that was one thing I hadn't even thought about or researched. So I started researching it. Things started to feel like they were connecting. So the first, I literally walked in and was just like, I just need to be tested for Lyme disease because I think this is something that I need to figure out. And she's like, oh, absolutely. So she did it um, through the Igenix testing. They're like up in Northern California. I think they're privately owned um, testing facilities. So like they don't have to just go strictly based off the CDC so they can test for more strains of the bacteria. Um, and two weeks later I got my results and she's like, you're right. You have a few strains of the, you know, Borrelia and then also, um, uh, Babesia, which is a red blood cell parasite. So it's kind of like malaria because ticks can carry lots of other types of diseases. So I had all that. And I just was like, freaking knew it. So, something wasn't right. And then <laughs> yeah. I finally feel like I got to the bottom of it. Um, but it took like four years to get that diagnosis. And it just wow. was a pain in the butt. I mean, sadly, I feel like that's a lot of people's stories uh, that ultimately get diagnosed with Lyme. They kind of jump around. They go to all these different doctors. They get all these different diagnoses. And um yeah, it sucks. I, I think it's also why it's important that we're having this conversation because hopefully maybe people listening will be able to make, you know, connect the dots. Yeah. Also have noticed that a lot of conventional doctors don't even know to look for or test for Lyme. Yeah. And I, it's, it's hard because I feel like one, four, four years to get diagnosed is sadly not that long of a time. I know people through Instagram that have didn't get diagnosed for 20, 30 years and had all these symptoms. Whoa. And I'm just like, dude, why are we not just doing like basic testing for anyone that walks into, like it's getting so common now that it should just be common knowledge. Like let's just test for Lyme just to see, cover our bases. Um, but also it's tricky because the symptoms of Lyme disease are very similar to a lot of other you know, diseases or illnesses. So it's really hard to pin down and it can often be misdiagnosed as like, or thought it could be like MS or lupus. Um, 
which is crazy. And then sometimes they're like, oh, it was actually Lyme disease. I didn't actually have you know, lupus. And you're just like, holy crap, that's a crazy diagnosis to get and for it to be wrong. I know. I know. That's, that's what's so frightening about it. Yeah. It feels almost like Lyme is kind of this like silent disease. Like people kind of suffer silently in it. Cause also too, like, I don't know, maybe you feel differently about this having gone through Lyme, but just as an outsider kind of watching all this stuff come out the last couple of years, it almost feels like Lyme is not being taken that seriously too. Like I remember when Bieber was diagnosed, there was a lot of people that were like, oh, it's exaggerated. And yeah. like, not that bad. Which is, oh, you're just tired or what? I'm like, yeah. No, there's people that are literally bedridden and can't open. Like my friend, she was my age. She couldn't open her water bottle. She had joint pain oh so bad, or like her gas thing at her car. I'm like, that's that's bad. Yeah, like that type of arthritic symptoms for someone who's literally 27 years old. Is yeah, it's not insane. normal. <laughs> it's, it's not normal. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some of that is just a a symptom, unfortunately, of our conventional medical system is that there's a lot of, and I I feel that women get this more than men, is like you go in, you get all these tests and they're just like, you don't have anything. It's like in your head, it's probably anxiety. And you're just like, dude, I'm suffering. Like there's got to be something here. My first doctor, he was a functional medicine doctor too. Like I thought he, like the first thing he said to me when I walked in was you look too healthy to be here. What could possibly be wrong? Wow. Why are you saying that to me? Like, yeah, I'm clearly horrible. here. Have you seen my symptom checklist? I marked like 50 of the 70 <laughs> symptoms. Like, clearly, like, <laughs> clearly I'm, I'm not, not doing healthy. Well. Like, something. And that's the thing is like with Lyme disease too, your blood work can come back totally normal. You can look like you're fine, and but you're not. And so it's just, you really have to demand a test. And it's, really shitty that you have to go to your doctor and tell them like what you want done but just I kind know of, it sucks but you know what it's just it, it is what you it is be your especially own health with, advocate yeah exactly and that's why people hearing conversations like this it's so important for them um, to know that they yeah like you can go and ask your doctor and also I tell people this all the time that write me on Instagram um, sometimes they'll ask for advice and I'll say, oh, go ask your doctor for X, Y, and Z tests or whatever. And they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, my doctor said I didn't he won't need do that. It. I'm like, fire them, fire them. You can fire your doctor. Like you don't have to just stick with them. Yeah, exactly. Like my doctor is so awesome. She's so open-minded. Anytime I go to her with something, she's like, let's look into it. Absolutely. Like that's how it should she be. She knows like I'm the one living in my body. I know when something's wrong and I do I feel like I have an advantage. I am very in tune with my body and I know when something has shifted. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people don't, but um, it can come to a fault too, where I'm like, always like, oh no, something's off. But <laughs> yeah. it helped me, you know, with this whole journey at least. But yeah, that's you got to so find bad. a doctor that's on your team. Exactly. And yeah, they're out and if- there. They are. They are. It took yeah. me a while to find one, but I'm. I have the same relationship with my doctor too. Or anytime I'm like, hey, I kind of feel like maybe this might be a thing. She's like, let's test it. Let's do it. What's What's the problem with exactly. literally them like ordering a test? I'm the one paying. It's going through my insurance. Like, why? Exactly. Why would you say no? I I don't get it. I know. I really don't understand it either. I don't understand that. I hope that this next generation of doctors is going to be more open. Because I think more and more people are coming to their doctors being like, hey, I kind of feel like I might have this. Can I get tested? And so I'm hoping that there's going to be a shift in that just because ultimately, like, we, they may be the experts in the human body, but we are the experts on our own bodies. Our body. Exactly. Yeah, 
Exactly. It's got to be like a, you know, a working together. Yeah. Um, so what does the Lyme test look like? Like how do they actually test for, is it a blood test? It's a blood test. Yeah. Okay. So there are like different ones that you can get tested. It's really complicated. Um, I get DM'd a lot on Instagram when they're like, which one did you order? I'm like, I don't know. My doctor knew yeah. which one to do. Um, and the hygienics one is pretty expensive. It's mine was like over a thousand dollars to get tested and it's not everyone can afford that. So it's really crappy that like the only one that is affordable is through the CDC and like they, my test, if it would have just gone through the CDC, it would, they would have diagnosed me as negative because I didn't have enough strains, but I had plenty of them, but they were like, Oh, like you're off by a couple. So we're going to diagnose you as negative. Why? Yeah, that is really strange. Yeah. See, again, this is why Lyme is so complicated. And so um, like, people always be like, oh, I got tested and it's negative. I'm like, well, which test did you do? Because there's a few out there and you need to do the one that's like the most comprehensive because there's some that just do the bare minimum and they don't test all of the different types of strains that you could have. That's interesting. So for anyone listening that thinks that they might have it, make sure you find a doctor that specializes in Lyme and actually knows what to look for and what tests to get. I think that's a really yeah. important Yeah, there's a website. Um, it's like the ILADS, I-L-A-D-S dot com, I think. But that has a whole directory of Lyme literate doctors. Um, you just type awesome. in your zip code, I think, and it just tells you. Okay, um, sweet. We'll put that in the show notes so you guys can can go to that website and figure it out. So this episode is all about getting to the root of your suffering. Let's hope that you're listening and you're not suffering, but if you are and you're really struggling to figure out exactly what's going on in your body, uh, hopefully this is a great resource for you in this podcast. And also another one that I want to encourage you to do is to really understand what is going on in your body specifically. And one of the ways that you can do that is to get a test done to see your vitamin and mineral levels and also to see if you have any metal toxicities happening. My favorite way of doing this, and it's in a very it's a very affordable way to do this, is through honed supplements. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know how much I love them. They used to be Paragon Vitamins. They have, they have changed their name. It's now honed. But it's the same exact thing. You send in a little clip of your hair, which I also love. It gives you a really extensive report of exactly what's going on in your body. And you don't have to do the little finger prick, which is something I hate. And also the hair analysis actually dives in a little bit deeper and really gives you a look into your body. It tells you exactly where your vitamin and mineral levels are. It tells you if you have any metal toxicities. And that could be the missing link. That could literally be the key to figure out what's going on in your body. I cannot speak highly enough of Live Honed. And they gave me a code. If you go to livehoned.com and use code REALFOOD15, it's going to save you 15% off the hair analysis. And then from there, what they do is they recommend what vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body needs to get back into balance. So I hope that you guys like them. So I really want to talk about the different treatments and like protocols, maybe supplements, whatever you did in order to get to this place that you're in now. I know specifically there's one that I'm very interested to hear about, which is the bee venom therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when I first got diagnosed, I had already become friends with this woman named Brooke who did bee venom therapy. She was documenting it through Instagram 
I had started following her like the year before and just thought she was like such a badass. I was like, holy crap, like this woman just took control of her health and it was so insane to watch. Um, I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm so glad I don't have Lyme disease because I don't think I could do that. And then I ended up meeting her a few months later um, and we became friends and she was the second person I called once I got my positive diagnosis. I called Carrie first, my boyfriend. <laughs> he was like, oh no. I was like, it's okay. I got this. Like, yeah, I right. now have At answers. I know. <laughs> I know like which path I need to take now. So I called Brooke and said, hey, it's positive. What do I do? And she just was like, if you want to do B-Venom therapy, I'm happy to educate you about it, help you do it safely. Um, Because she was already done stinging. She had been done stinging for about three years. No symptoms. No, like she wasn't in remission. Like she fully eradicated it. Like it's not coming up on blood tests at all. It's gone. Which is is unheard of. Like it's really hard. Like most people go into remission Mm -hmm. and you just kind of know like throughout your life, you'll probably have certain symptoms pop up or you'll have flares where you just don't feel well. But hers is is eradicated. It's gone. Um, And I said, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, I want to yeah. do it. And she's like, wow, normally people turn to bee venom therapy as like their last result because <laughs> um, they tried everything and it just didn't work. Um, so I just said, yeah, let's do it. And then I went back to my doctor the next week and just said, this is what I want to do. I don't know if you're on board with it. Uh, she said, yeah, I've heard of people doing it and I've heard it can be really beneficial. So why don't you try it? I'm here to support you in any way I can if you need blood work or any sort of um, um, what's it called when like you get something for the prescription or whatever, for, like oh, an EpiPen. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the yeah. the allergic possible yeah. allergic reaction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she wrote me a prescription for an EpiPen, and I went on my way and got an EpiPen and started learning about bee venom and went on a low histamine diet, and that's pretty much all I did. I didn't go the herbal tincture route or the um. My doctor had suggested doing ozone through mm. IV. Yeah. Um, I think it was called like 10 pass ozone something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it know what seemed it's expensive. <laughs> I was like, holy moly, like, why am I having to spend my hard earned money for treatment that's not covered by my insurance? This is pretty lame. Why? Why am I getting punished for something that I've already been dealing with for all these years? Right? It's so horrible. And just for people listening that are unaware of what ozone therapy is, it's like an IV that you get where they administer a reactive form of oxygen, which is or called like ozone, O3. Yeah. And it's supposed to help your body combat. Like a, People do it for a lot of different diseases. I think yeah. a lot of people do it for Epstein-Barr too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's very expensive. Very expensive. Um, and so I just said, no, I, I tried one of her tinctures for three days and it knocked me on my butt. I felt so sick. Oof. I was like, whoa, this is gnarly. Like I, <laughs> hold on. I don't know if I'm ready for this. That, that was the first time I was like, oh, there, it's real. Like I've, Damn. like I could feel like it being aggravated by these tinctures and stuff. And that was the first real feeling I had of, oh, this is what herxing is like. So herxing is like when there's die off of the bacteria and so it basically dies off in your body and if you don't detox enough you get like the flu-like symptoms or the joint pain like all your symptoms just become 10 times worse um so i ended up doing b venom therapy uh the treatment was two years 
which at the time seemed like forever. I thought, oh my God, I'm almost going to be 30 by the time I'm done singing. Like this sucks. Oh my God. Like I'm going to miss out on so much of my life. Um, but it flew by. You sting yourself three times a week. You start with one sting. You sting on either side of your spine. And you start with one sting at the lower spine. And over the next probably six months, you slowly work your way up your spine and you start doing closer to 10 stings. So I stayed at one sting for uh, probably six weeks, which is kind of a long time with this. For Most people do like one and then they kind of move up quickly, but I just was not feeling well with it and I was swelling really badly. So I took it slower. Um, and then you work your way up to 10 stings and you just go on cruise control for the next year and a half, two years, however long you need. I was still very functional when I had Lyme, like I was still able to work out and I just, I was not ever the person that was bedridden or couldn't do certain things. Um, so I'm lucky that it wasn't too bad. Um, so for me, two years was on like the lesser side of the treatment schedule. Some people wow. do three years, Damn. which is a long time. Um, that is crazy. I'm just in awe that you were able to do it. I mean, I have been this whole time, you know, like we, I feel like, I think we met right before you started doing it. And I remember you started posting about it on Instagram and I had a similar reaction that you explained earlier where I was like, God, I don't think I could ever do that. Oh yeah. And I just was like warrior beast mode. Like I'm going to do this. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> it was just so though. cool. It was, it was so intense. cool. I literally like the first year I was like, what the hell? doing this is <laughs> so insane and like people's reactions I was like should I not talk about this like and then thankfully I mean when I was doing it and I was sharing about it on Instagram because I had my Instagram going even before I got diagnosed so I was already yeah. sharing my healing journey and just the journey I was on with my health and I was really nervous at the like the reactions that I was gonna get um because the bees do die yeah. It's sad. Like it's, I know, it is sad. you know, and I did have a few really hardcore vegans attack me. Of course. <laughs> and, it's always the hardcore vegans. And the, I'm just like, I'm blocking everyone that tries to come at me because you're not in my yeah. position. You don't know what I'm going through. Most likely yeah. you haven't had to make a decision like this. So stay in your lane. Exactly. Stop judging me because I'm doing something to feel better. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, and you made a great point. It's like no one has any idea what you're going through. And obviously, you were going through a lot if you were willing to go through something that I like, was willing to tough. sting myself with bees I know. for two years. Like, clearly, something was up. And clearly, it wasn't that great for me because. Yeah. Who who wants to do that? Because that's like extreme. And I don't mean that in yeah. a bad way, but it's like you really needed to do something to, to take care of yourself. Yeah. So for people listening that have not seen your stories, your videos, can you explain to them how you did it? So, how did you actually do it? Um, there are two companies that can ship you bees. Mm -hmm. One's in Northern California and one is in North Carolina, I think. They ship you bees in a tiny little box in two-day mail. Um, it's so funny that they just get like mailed. I was like, my poor mailman, literally the box is like live bees and like they're buzzing. They're like, Vroom. I'm like, yikes, this box is terrifying. I'm not going to touch that one. Um, That's so funny. So they get shipped to you. You buy like a little, it's called a bee buddy um, or like a Biza hut. 
Those are mm-hmm. like two names of them. They're like little boxes that you put um, in your house. So the bees live in your house. Was, what I didn't understand when I first started doing it was where were the bees going to go? Yeah. I'd only ever seen one person do this. There was nothing on Instagram besides my friend doing it. And so now when you go through the Bee Venom hashtag, there's like thousands of videos cool. and posts. I'm like, holy crap, like this is becoming way more known now, which is so cool. It's really cool. But yeah, you have a little box. You put the bees that get shipped to you in that little box. And it has like a sliding door on it. They're protected. They can't get out. You feed them honey. You give them water. Like they're basically your pets, pets. that you try <laughs> to keep alive and keep as happy as possible. And um, I have mul- different types of tweezers. They're all in my Amazon store too. Um, there's I use long tweezers to reach in to grab them. And then... I was trained to hold them with your fingers, so I would hold them lightly by their head, and then their stinger would hit my nail, mm. so they can't sting your nail, and then yep. I would reach back and look in the mirror and sting my back. Man. Yeah. So hard. That would be <laughs> I don't so know if I can do it again. I'm like, <laughs> I hope I don't get Lyme again. God. Right. Um, I was like, oh, no. I'm not out of the woods forever. Like, Lyme is still there in the world. Yeah. Um, but you reach back, you sting yourself. They release the stinger once it's put in. The stinger has little barbs on it. So mm-hmm. once you pull it out, the venom sac. Pulsing. And that's the venom oh. like going into your body. I think I have some videos on Instagram of like it pulsing. That's yeah. crazy. That's and so then, cool. Uh, then you release the bee. They don't die right away, but they lose like part of this, they lose part of their like intestine when they sting you. So I would just say thank you and be grateful for them and put them out of their misery and put them like out in the garden or something to kind of full circle. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I try to be as respectful as possible. This is not an easy situation to do that. Um, But, and then, yeah, you just do that. That's it. You just sting yourself with a bee. Wow. Yeah. I bet so many people listening to this are going to be like, oh my God, I've never even like heard of this. Because before you started posting about it, I had never heard about this. It was crazy. It's actually been done for centuries. It's been wow. done for a really long time, mainly for arthritis. But it became a little more known for MS. Mm. And then I'd say probably in the last like 10 years, it's become more of a thing for Lyme disease. But it treats Lyme disease, Epstein-Barr, um, rheumatoid arthritis. Did I say that? No. Um, lupus, MS. That's like, so interesting. It's a lot of things. And it can also like help with, I think, Parkinson's disease. So it can like Amazing. help with those help a symptoms. lot of people. Yeah. Do you know what exactly it is that it, like, what, how it helps? I mean, yeah. So the venom is antiviral, antibacterial, mm. antimicrobial, antiparasitic, anti inflammatory. So it is literally nature's antibiotic. It can tackle everything. The benefit of it is normally with Lyme treatment, depending on which strains you have or which co infections you have, all those dictate you need different treatments for each one. So like I would have had to do a different treatment if I didn't do bee venom for Lyme and for Babesia. So I would have had to do two mm. separate treatments. If you do bee venom, it tackles literally everything. It can help yeah. with mast cell. It can help with MTHFR, um, POTS. Like it can help with 
literally everything. So like you don't even have to be diagnosed with something for some, it to help something else. So that was kind of the benefit of it as well. I'm doing it. Yeah, you got to tackle both, uh, both of those with one. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, the more I learn about bees and all the different things that they have, um, I guess, to offer us so that we can get from their hive, it's pretty incredible. Like I think about propolis and bee pollen and all the different bee products. Oh that God. are so healing Obsessed. for our body. I know. Yeah. I use them every day. Beekeepers Naturals all the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally have this sitting here right now. Oh, this Bee Smart. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. This is one of the products from Beekeepers Naturals that I talk about these. Sometimes I take them before every podcast that I do. Yeah. I take propolis every day. I Same. The little yeah. like throat spray. It's so throat good. Spray. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good for immune function. So yeah. so outside of BVT, just for people listening that may be struggling with Lyme, what else? So I know you said that was pretty much all you did, but you said um, something about you did some sort of diet as well. A low histamine you? diet. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's just because there's a lot of histamine, lot of histamine with a bee sting. So you want to try and limit that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I only stayed on that diet for the first, I think, like three months. And then continued my normal, healthy lifestyle, but it was fine. That's good. Yeah. And that's the thing with low histamine diets is that they're never meant to be long-term. They're more just to like, for anyone listening that's unaware of them, it's uh, a lot of foods contain natural occurring histamines or can also just cause a histamine reaction in some people's bodies. And so the premise behind it is that you eat foods that don't cause that kind of histamine reaction because your body is already under yeah. inflammation and, you know, dealing yeah. with all the, all the histamines already. So you yeah. don't want to overload it. Exactly. Um, what are some other things that people do that maybe you'd be unaware of? Like one of them I know is um, like, we have a mutual friend, Jordan, that has struggled mm-hmm. with Lyme for a long time. And she's talked a lot about doing saunas. Yeah, I do a lot of saunas. So with the bee venom treatment, there are like, I was doing coffee enemas. I was doing infrared saunas, sweating, using binders. So not only do you want to kill and attack the biofilms and the bacteria, but you need to detox those. Because if you don't, then you're just going to have a horrible reaction and it's just going to be circulating in your body. So you need to sweat. You need to get your lymph moving and cleaned out. So rebounding, lymphatic drainage Mm. massages, colonics, saunas, Epsom salt baths, like anything just to sweat to pee, to poop, like you want it all. You just want to get it all out. Get For those it all listening out. that don't know what rebounding is, what is that? That is you literally just bounce on a mini trampoline for 10, 15 minutes. It. And it's just like a light little bounce and it's just the gravity pulling and it will just help your lymph kind of just start moving and flush it out. That's cool. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that we haven't gone over as far as treatments that might help people? Um, I, I mean, mold. Oh, mold. yeah. Like, you oh, got to yeah. figure out if you <clears throat> have mold, because if you do, that will hinder every bit of healing that you could possibly get. So um, there's like the Great Plains Lab mycotoxin urine test, which you just do a urine test and send it in. And they'll tell you if you have any mycotoxin kind of just circulating in your body. And then if you do, like you need to detox that because there's a lot of homes in the yeah. world that have mold and just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not, there. Mean it's not there. So yeah. test your home. I did the ERMI testing, E-R-M-I. It's like a dust sample and you do it on your own. It's really accurate. 
Um, so we did that. And then, yeah, if you are trying to treat Lyme, but you haven't looked into mold, that is a huge piece to the puzzle. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and you actually, you had mold in your apartment, didn't you? In your old apartment? In yeah. Well, yeah, yes. we had a water leak that flooded our entire downstairs with two inches of water. Oh, cool. Um, that was great. And I had already started Lyme treatment. It was like, shit. And then I got mold. So that sucked. I had to detox from that. And then we moved up to Santa Barbara. And literally the second I got out of that place, it felt like my healing just sped up. And it was just night and day of how I felt. Yeah, that's a really big, that's an important one too. So I hope people listening will take that seriously because mold is not something you want to mess around with. People get really, really sick. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of like hits you, like you don't even know until sometimes it's too late, unfortunately. Yeah. So. And it's just simple things like feeling super puffy all yeah. the time. Like I will, I literally lost, I think, almost 10, 10 pounds of inflammation after we that's- moved out. That is crazy. I was like, I look back on videos and I see myself standing in that house and seeing how puffy I was and nasally and just I I feel I don't know. It's like trauma to me. I need to like work on that probably. But like (laughs) I get like the heebie-jeebies looking at photos of our old place because I'm just like it was so toxic to me. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad that you figured it out and you got out of there. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so for people listening that are suspecting maybe they have Lyme or are struggling, where would you recommend that they go? I guess you kind of mentioned a website earlier, but I don't know if you have any other sort of resources for people to go, like where to get diagnosed, maybe what kind of doctor to look for. Yeah. Um, that one website, the ILADS.com, that is a great website to find a Lyme literate doctor. Um, and then as far as resources, um, I mean, there's a lot of Lyme Facebook groups where you can just go in and have people that are kind of going through the same thing as you and talking about different things. Um, there is a Bee Venom Facebook group as well, which has a lot of free resources and um, education around it. And then my friend Brooke, who actually taught me, she started the Heal Hive. So she teaches everything online about how to sting safely, all the tests you need to have done. She has doctors on boards and on board um, nutritionists, and she has just so much knowledge and education around this. So the Heal Hive, their website and Instagram, and then her Instagram is the Everyday Expert, and she has mm. so many highlights about her experience with Lyme, and she's very, very educated in it um, and all about like the science behind it and doing it safely because. I get messages from people that are just like, hey, I got some bees and I think I'm going to sting myself. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, no, do not do that. And they're like, can you help me? I'm like, no, no, I can't. Like, I do not want that liability on me because I don't know who you are, what your diet's like, what your lifestyle is like. Like, you need proper testing done. Take the bees as seriously as you take a medication because there are side effects to it. So, you can't just think like, oh, it's natural. It's not going to do anything bad. It's like, you could. <laughs> you know, you yeah. could be safe. You definitely want to make sure you're under some sort of, um, what is the word, like monitoring with a doctor, yeah. someone that knows yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> and then also there was the Unwell on Netflix. Oh, yeah. It was a docu-series, and there, I think episode six, maybe, um, was all about bee venom therapy. So 
That's it cool. was awesome. They, they followed three different people, and one of them was, again, my friend Brooke on it. So that was Oh, really? really? Yeah, oh, she was cool. on it. Yeah, I was like, I know her. She's why I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so glad that they did a, um, a documentary on that or, like, an episode on it. Because, you know, I was going to say, like, I, I'm happy to hear that the Lyme treatment has really come a long way because I remember as a kid, one of my mom's best friends had Lyme disease and she struggled, I mean, for like 20 years. And yeah. she was just on antibiotics for years and then really yeah. st- like struggled after that because obviously we know that antibiotics kill all the good bacteria as well, which is not going to help you in the long term. And so, yeah, she really, man, she went through it for a long time. So it sounds like there's a lot better options now. Yeah. It's just, it's hard because, um, antibiotics are still heavily pushed, Yeah, but the best thing to do if you get bit by a tick is save the tick send it in to tick report. They will test the tick for you to let you know if it's carrying any sort of diseases. You'll get the results within like two days. If it is, immediately go get on antibiotics because that is your best shot at not having to deal with Lyme long-term. Most people don't do that um, or their doctors don't give them a long enough prescription of the antibiotics. I think like minimum you should be doing like 30 days, I think is what... Um, um, Brooke recommends and some doctors only recommend like two weeks of it. Um, But the longer you don't do antibiotics in the beginning, the harder it's going to be. So if I would have tackled it in the beginning within the first two weeks with antibiotics, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be fine probably. Um, But I didn't have the education around it. So um, it took me four years to get diagnosed. So if that happens to you, save the tick. Don't just get rid of it, like save it. Test that it. is so smart. I think that's such good advice. And that was going to be another one of my questions, which I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but can you get Lyme disease from anything other than a tick? So I think they have, you can get it through birth. So if your mother oh. has Lyme disease and it wasn't treated or, you know, she's symptomatic or not even just symptomatic, but yeah, you can get it through birth. Um, I think they said that you can get it through mosquitoes and fleas now as well, oh, but I know. So it's everywhere. No, just <laughs> but um, the mosquitoes and fleas, it doesn't live as long in their saliva, I guess. Mm. So it's a little less common, I think, but it is still an option, I guess, as a way to get it. And then I think the jury's still out on if you can get it through sexual transmission. Which oh, I've never heard that. Really crappy. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, I'm like, oh no. Why X gave me Lyme? <laughs> like, great. <laughs> You're with me forever. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that sucks. That's super unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hope that one's not true, but um, yeah. there is a lot of conversation around that now. That's so interesting. I've never heard that. Oh, mm-hmm. oh great. Another thing to be worried about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's fine. At least now we know we know the protocols. Yeah. Yeah. Just be Uh, smart. Exactly. Educate yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything else that we haven't covered about Lyme that you want people to know? Um it's not only on the East Coast. It's all over the world. Yeah. They have been finding it, I guess, on the beaches now of the West Coast. So it's not just in heavily wooded areas anymore. It's 
expanding. So I think it's just check yourself after you go hiking, check your scalp. A girl sent me a photo of one of the ticks on her and it was literally the size of a poppy seed. It was so small. I would have missed it. I would have been like, oh, what's this like piece of dirt on me or something (laughs) like this fleck of something. But, um, what else? I mean, just send the tick in, just send it in. Like, it's, it, it's like 50 great. bucks, but I'm like, just send it in for a peace of mind. Yeah. Like I do with our dogs. If they have a tick, I send it in. Cause I just, I'm like, I don't know where that tick's been. Yeah. We had a tick on our headboard the other week. <gasps> you did? Yeah. Oh God. In LA yeah. or Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara. There's a lot of ticks in Santa Barbara. Oh God. There's, and they're so creepy. They're so gross. <sighs> so gross. Literally. I was like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't know your purpose here. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I think that's it. Okay, cool. This has been really informative. I'm excited for people to hear it. And then I want to ask you a question that I just ask everyone on my podcast. What are your health non-negotiables? So no matter how busy you are that day, these are things that you do. And it could be like for your mental health or for your physical health, um, you know, exercising, whatever it is, things that no matter how busy you are, you always make sure you do to take care of your health. I always have to get movement in, even if it's just a 10 minute walk or rebounding for 10 minutes, I have to do some sort of movement. It just changes my day. I have to do it in the morning too. Even if it means I have to get up earlier, it changes my day, it changes my mindset, it changes how focused I feel. Um, And then I would say taking time to wind down at night and like putting things aside, putting my phone away, mm-hmm. taking an Epsom salt bath, reading a book, like allowing myself to chill because I don't feel like me personally, I get into the like rest and relax mode, like the parasympathetic mode much. Wait, is that yeah. the right one? Uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Parasympathetic, yeah. I don't get into that like rest mode often. So I need that. And then I say having some alone time. Yeah. I need it. I need to recharge. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. So for everyone listening, where can they find you? Um, On Instagram, I'm at Wealthy Belly. Yay. Definitely give her a follow. And do you have some of your bee venom stuff on highlights? Yeah. So I have an IGTV. I have some reels. um, I have uh, a lot of highlights too. Awesome. Definitely go check those out, guys. It's cool to see. It's, it's really literally from start, like when I got diagnosed to when I finished. So it's, it's all there. It's so cool that you have that whole journey. I know. I'm like, wow, I should make a little montage video or something. Yeah, you should. It's so yeah. cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, girl. This has been so fun. I know. Nice to chat. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week.